0: back tonight, but uh, oh, we're proud of these kids. They have just done an amazing job and uh, we'll continue to do that. We're thankful, very, very thankful for them. We've been talking about building the temple. We looked at the, we, we've looked at an Old Testament example of it. The children of Israel have been 70 years in captivity After the 70 years of captivity was over, Cyrus the Great allows them to come back to to, uh, Judea and uh, to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple. They get started on the work, but some opposition uh, uh, occurs and some discouragement takes place. And for 15 years, they lay it aside. For 15 years, they don't do anything. Now, they built their own houses, didn't they? They built their own houses... They built something nice for themselves. But for 15 years, the house of the Lord lay desolate. And so God raises up some, some prophets. We've been looking at Haggai, but you could also read uh, 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 Haggai and Zechariah. Uh, you, can, you can read those because they're contemporaries. You, you can read from those. But we, we looked at Haggai. And God raises up Haggai and says to him, you know... <laughs> You know, take this message to them. The, the message went something like this. You people say it's not time to build my house. Yet you build your own houses. You build something nice for you. You lived in your, your sealed houses. What you need to do is get up on that mountain, start cutting down trees, and start building my house. You've gone through this period of, of desolation. You want to know why you've gone through it? You've gone through this period of desolation. And the reason you've gone through it is because you left my work undone. And you went and did your own thing. You went and, you, you went and took care of yourself. You made yourself happy. You pleased yourself. You need to get started in my work. In my work. And uh, they, they heard that message. And what was the response to it? Well, what was your response to last week's sermon? That's always been interesting to me. That's always been interesting. We hear it. We hear it from God's Word. And then we act like, huh? Okay. Job's done. I heard it. Nothing to do now. Nothing to do now. What did they do? They got up and they went to work. They went to work. And after about a three-month period, they were basically completed with that temple. After three months, all of them working together, they were basically complete, uh, had completed this project. And God said, you, you, you remember what it was like before? You remember how it was? You gathered grain and you, you brought it in thinking, I'm going to have a great harvest. I'm going to have 20 bushels of grain per acre. And you brought it in and you barely had 10. And that money that you made, it was like putting it in a bag that had holes in it. You remember how it was before? From this day forward, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you from this day forward. Now, that's what we've completed. You come to the pages of the New Testament, and in Acts chapter 8, you have this interesting section. Let me set it up for you. The church had begun on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. They the, the apostles were preaching and teaching, the, the people who were becoming Christians, who were coming following, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to breaking bread, eating the Lord's Supper, to breaking bread, to having fellowship with one another, and to prayers. Acts 2, verse 42. They were doing those kind of things. The church was growing. There was there were people being added to the Lord's church that temple in new testament times the church that temple was growing every day and the lord was adding to the church every day those who were being saved acts 247 and it continued to grow it continued to multiply but it's just in jerusalem in jerusalem some opposites, some, little, uh, some uh, little frictions occur within that body of Christians in Jerusalem. The Grecian widows weren't being fed. And so the uh, uh, apostles tell them it's not right for us to wait tables and to leave the word and prayer to do that. Choose you seven men of good report, full of the Holy Spirit to, to take care of this work. They chose them out seven. The work was taken care of. Must have been. Must have been. Because one of those that was assigned the work of waiting on, on, on taking care of tables, taking care of feeding these Grecian widows, one of those we read about in, at the end of Acts chapter 7, he's no longer waiting on those tables. He's no longer meeting that need. Now he's preaching in a synagogue. His name is Stephen. He's preaching in a synagogue. And at the end of one of those sermons that he preaches... He stoned to death. That's the end of Acts chapter 7. One of those who was there on that day was a man by the name of Saul. He was from Tarsus. But he was Saul and they laid their garments at his feet. And here's the way verse, uh, chapter 8, verse number 1 begins. And Saul, that Saul, was consenting to his, to Stephen's death. And at, their t- at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered abroad throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria except for the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made lamentation over him. As for Saul, as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women committing them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I want you to just sit down with me on verse number four. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Here's the way I like to think as I'm studying, here's the way I like to think. Just what is that saying? What's the application for me? What is that saying? Sometimes it helps just to break it down, even word by word. They. They went everywhere preaching the Word. They. Who were these people? Who were they? Were they professional preachers? No. Had they been to seminary? Had they been to preaching school? No. No. They're not professional preachers. Had they been trained in evangelism? Evangelism just naturally occurred in those days, didn't it? They shared the word in Jerusalem. They shared the word, especially the apostles. They shared the word. And then there's Stephen, and he's sharing the word. They just naturally did this. They just naturally talked about Jesus Christ. They weren't trained in evangelism. Who were they? They were just Christians in love with Jesus Christ. We know the names of some of them. We may not th- have never considered it before, but hey, you've got Philip. It even talks about here, at beginning in verse number five of Acts chapter eight, that Philip, he's one of those seven who, along with Stephen and the other, he's one of those seven who were cho- chosen to take care of that need among the grecian widows but that need must have been met that's what deacons do folks that's what deacons do deacons are assigned to work and they take care of that work they get that work done they do it they do it they took care of that work and you find you find Stephen preaching who else now who's next do you find preaching you find Philip He's, and now he's preaching. And he goes down to Samaria. And he preaches. Acts chapter 8, verse number 5. He preaches to them. You read about a man by the name of Ananias in Damascus. Saul of Tarsus has gotten letters to go to Damascus and to find the Christians who are in Damascus. And in Acts chapter 9, verse number 10, it says, And there was a disciple there in Damascus named Ananias. He's not a preacher. We refer to it. Preachers talk about him. Well, God sent a preacher to him. God sent a Christian to him. He wasn't a professional preacher. He was a disciple. He's just a disciple. And God sent a disciple to Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter 9, verse number 10. In Acts chapter 9, Peter is out visiting the, the 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 these these Christians have spread out through through Judea and Samaria and we'll find other places but he's spread out through Judea and Samaria that's what it says in verse number 2 Acts chapter 8. And in Acts chapter 9 you'll find Peter going out to visit those people. In Acts chapter 9 you read about a disciple by the name of Tabitha who we know better than, by her surname or nickname or however it happened, Dorcas. A woman who's known for her good deeds, for her sewing ability. And and, and you read about about Dorcas. Is Dorcas one of those who had been in Jerusalem and because of persecution had now left Jerusalem to go to to Lydda? Many believe that's true. Many believe that's true. Hey, you find Saul. You find the Apostle Peter in Joppa. In Joppa. And while in Joppa, he stays in the house of one called Simon the Tanner. Is Simon a disciple? We're not told. We're not told. But many believe that he is. Peter's staying with him. He's staying with him. And if he is, could it be that Simon had been one of those who become a Christian in Jerusalem, but because of the persecution he came and and settled in Joppa? I didn't didn't list this one on there. I didn't list this one on there. But keep your finger here in Acts chapter 8. I just thought of it as I I was sitting there a moment ago. Hey, Paul may be talking about someone. Some say that they went as far as uh, even into... Rome. Look at Romans 16 verse number 7. Paul's closing out this letter and he says, Salute Andronicus and Junia my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles. Look at this phrase. Who were in Christ before me. They'd been Christians before Paul became a Christian. And some suspect that they had become Christians in Jerusalem. If, they were, if that is... Had they, had they, because of persecution, gone and left Jerusalem and gone as far as Rome? I don't know. But they're, just, they're scattered. They're scattered. Who were they? They're not the apostles. They're not the apostles. They're the, they're, they're Christians. They're Christians. And they, and it says they went. They went. Now why did they go? They went because of persecution. This is the next slide. They went because of persecution. They went because it was God's plan. That's the real reason. They went because it was God's plan. In Acts chapter 1 verse number 8. Jesus told his apostles, you're going to be witnesses for me in Judea, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. These people, these Christians, had devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. So as they went, the apostles' doctrine was going. As they went, the witness of the apostles was going. This this was God's plan. In Matthew chapter 18, 28 through 30, we know it as the Great Commission. He's talking to these apostles of his when he says, Now all authority's been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority. In other words, if I tell you to do something, what? Do it, right? Do it. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, you therefore, and teach all nations. All nations. Did you get that? All nations. Not just Jerusalem. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then teach them whatsoever things I've commanded you. Now what did he just commanded them? To go teach all nations, right? So teach them to go teach all nations. What's happening here in Acts chapter 8? These Christians are going and doing exactly what God said I want done. Up until this time, they would kind of had their holy huddle in Jerusalem. But God has a plan. This gospel is to go to Jerusalem, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so persecution arose. Persecution arose. I'd hate to think that God's going to have to bring persecution to get us out of the pews and out there. But if, it, if that's what it takes, I say, bring it on, Lord. How about you? Well, y'all seem real thrilled about that. I'm going to say it again. I would hope that it's not going to take persecution, church to get us out of these pews and out in that community and out in that world. But if it takes persecution to get us to do what God put us on this earth to do, then God bring the persecution on. Amen, church? I don't want my kids to have to suffer. I don't want my grandkids to have to suffer. Get out of those pews. Go do the work you were put on this earth to do. We built it for ourselves. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice? We're in our sealed house. We built it for us. We built it for us. When are we going to get busy building the temple of the Lord? They went. They didn't say, okay, we built our houses. Come. No, they went. Now, it took persecution to get them to go. But they went. They went. They went because that's God's plan. That's God's plan. They went everywhere. Well, where did they go? Well, Acts 8, verse 1 says they went to Judea and to Samaria. In Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul asked for letters from the chief priests and rulers to go as far as Damascus so some of them had gone to Damascus Syria had gone to Damascus in Acts chapter 11 in verse number 19 it says there that they had uh, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice, and Cyprus and Antioch listen now Preaching the word. Now, they didn't preach it to anyone uh, but the Jews. But they were preaching the word. That's Acts 11, verse 19. They went everywhere. In fact, you may be reading this translation that reads something like this And everywhere they went, they were preaching the gospel. And everywhere they went, they were talking. They, they, were, they were preaching the word. Have you ever, I have wondered. When, when I read that, I think to myself, how did it happen? I mean, what would it have been like? What would have what, what would have been taking place? I doubt, Brad, that they were standing in pulpits. Behind pulpits. I doubt it. I doubt. Nothing wrong with standing behind a pulpit, but I doubt that they were standing behind pulpits. Folks, they're fleeing for their lives. They're fleeing for their lives. The enemy's hot behind them. Can you imagine? New folks show up in your community today. New folks show up in your community. Well, where are you from? We're from Jerusalem. Well, we've been in Jerusalem. Well, what are you doing here? Well, while in Jerusalem, we heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. And we became convinced He's the Messiah He's the Christ. He's the one we've been waiting on. He's the Son of God. And we became followers of His. We became Christians. They weren't called Christians yet. Won't be called Christians to Acts chapter 11. We, We became a disciple of His. We became a follower of His. And things were going Well. But persecution began to arise. They killed, they killed one of our great servants by the name of Stephen. They stoned him to death. And after stoning him to death, they began to persecute the rest of us. And we're escaping that persecution. But let me tell you about this Jesus. He saved us. He can save you. We became disciples and followers of his. You ought to become a disciple and a follower of his. That's probably more like it happened. Just everywhere they went, as they went. <laughs> I won't take but a minute. I won't take but a minute. And folks, I'm not a great soul winner. I'm not. But a f- f- few months ago, I had to be at a meeting in Searcy and I always get there early and I thought, I'll stop in Burger King and get me a half cut tea and I'll sit and sip while I wait on time for that meeting. As I walk in, there's this young little waitress. I thought she was Hispanic. She's waiting on me and her name tag said Angel. And I ordered my tea and I said, Angel. And she said, yes, sir. And I said, oh, my daughter's name is Angel. I have a daughter. I really thought this was probably going to be a Harding student. I said, Angel, are you a Harding student? She said, no, no. But my husband was. And I said, oh, so I'm talking to a Christian. She said, no, I'm not a Christian. And I said, oh, no. Why not? She said, well, I'm Native American, American Indian. I'm Navajo. And I married this young man who came to be a preacher there among the Navajos. And I never became a Christian because if I became a Christian, the Navajos would somewhat reject me. And because I'm not a Christian, the Christians have rejected me and so my husband has brought me here hoping things will be easier for us. And I said, well, why haven't you become a Christian? She said, because I would have to give up some of my Navajo traditions. And I said, angel, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about your traditions or anything like this, but I know this much. That Jesus that we believe in Wants you to be one of his followers, just like he wants me to be one of mine. She changed the subject right quick. She said, "Well, my husband will be here in a few minutes. I'm going to be on break, and he's on his way now. Maybe you'd like to visit with him." No, I'd like to visit with you, Angel. How long to your break? She said, "15 minutes." I said, "I'm going to sit and sip. I was late getting to my meeting. I'm going to sit and sip. I'm going to wait for your husband." When your husband came in, we knew some of the same people. My first time to ever meet him, we knew some of the same people. Now I would go back every week. Angel would text me and I'd text her, she's going to be on break at this time. And the first time or two her husband met us, after that it became just me and Angel. And every week I'd catch her at break, we'd study. Angel has a twin sister who lives out in the Four Corners area. And Angel sister was pregnant and having difficulty and they decided to go back but I stayed in touch with her a few weeks ago three weeks ago now she texted me a picture and she said David I want you to know I became a Christian today and there she stood all wet and all of that just wherever he went Just wherever they went, they found an opportunity. Zothan hates to run around with me. Because when Zothan runs around with me, I'll say something like this. We're going to stop in this McDonald's. Oh, yeah, we eating? No, I'm not buying you any food, boy. We're going in there to see who we can talk to. And he, oh, no, oh, no. Isn't that right, Zothan? That's the way it happens. Just wherever they went. Just Wherever they went, they shared the gospel. They went everywhere. They went everywhere. I got to hurry. I got to. They went everywhere preaching. Now, how'd they do that? Behind the pulpit? No. 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 What did they preach? Well, Acts 8, verse 4 says they preached the word. Acts 8, verse 5 says that he preached Christ unto them. Acts 8, verse 12, Philip, it, it, continuing that. That narrative about him in Samaria it says it preached the kingdom and the name of Christ. In Acts 8.35, Philip is told to go down to a deserted place somewhere between Jerusalem and Gaza. And, and there comes a man riding along in a chariot. Y'all remember this? An Ethiopian? And the Spirit of the Lord told him, go attach yourself to that chariot. And so Philip ran to the chariot. And as he ran, he found a man reading reading from Isaiah, what we know is Isaiah chapter 53. In verse number 35 it says, and he preached, he began at that same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. In Acts chapter 11, verse 19, we looked at that verse a few few minutes ago. Some of these disciples went as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch. Preaching the word to only the Jews. But they were preaching the word. Now, folks, to preach Jesus is to preach the Word. He's referred to as the Word in John 1, verse 1. To preach Jesus is to preach the Word. To preach the kingdom is to preach the Word. It's to preach Christ. The kingdom is the church, it's the body of Christ. How do you talk about the head, not talk about the body. It's the body of Christ, the name of Christ. To do it in the name of Christ is to do it by His authority, not yours, not what I think, not what you think. Do what? He's the, the Christ, He's the Messiah, and all authority's been given to Him. Why would I think I can do it like I want to? Why should I think I'll live my life the way I want to? Listen, folks. He'll never be the Savior of your soul if He's not the Lord of your soul. He has all authority. And you've got to make up your mind whether you're going to be the boss or He's going to be the boss. And you're going to have to make it up. You better make it up before Judgment Day, I can tell you that. We build our own little empires. We take care of ourselves when the Master is saying, Build my temple. Build my temple. They just went preaching. Everywhere. They went preaching the word. Let's finish this thing up. They went everywhere preaching. Let's let this begin at Mars Hill. Let's do this at Mars Hill. Should we do it? I'll ask you a question. Should we do it? Well, the master said do it. Must we do it? I'm Not should we do it. Must we do it? The Master said it. Can we do it? The Master said it. Can you do it? We can do it. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to you, Christian. Well, he's not talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. We can do it. Now, the question comes down to, will we do it? Will we do it? And if so, when are you going to start? When are you going to begin? I mean, you can have all the seminars you want to. You can have all the sermons you want to. You can have all the workshops you want to. You can have all of this. You can have all of that. You can have all the other things. But if you're not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're not doing the will of the Father. You're not doing the will of the Father. You can have all the fellowship meals you want to. You can have all of this and all of that and everything else. But if you're not sharing the gospel with others, you, you personally, are not doing the will of Jesus. He's been give, He's given all authority and He said go. He said go. So, let's just start small. Let's get ready. I'm giving you a few weeks now. Let's get ready. But let's just start small. On October the 5th, the Churches of Christ are having a national door-knocking campaign. Congregation in Jacksonville, Alabama. they, They have the publication. It goes out called... Heart to heart, house to house. Any of you read it? Has it come to your home? Many of you probably have. If not, you're going to be getting some from this congregation. I wish it had already happened. But supposedly this month, you're going to be getting two of them. This month, you're going to be getting two. But so are your friends and neighbors. And they're going to be getting it. We're not asking you to go out and to preach them a sermon. We're not asking, they they asked for 200 congregations. When they contacted me, they said, Would you help us find 200 congregations? Would you work Arkansas? You know what my response was? 200 congregations? Well, there are 3,200 congregations in the United States alone. And we're trying to find 200? I was ashamed of that. But okay, it's their plan. They think it'll be hard to find 200. I would hope that Mars Hill would show them it ain't that hard. Okay, it's not that hard. October the 5th. You go out with a copy of House to house, heart to heart. And you just knock, we just start and we just start knocking the doors, visiting in our community. Listen, folks, don't worry about it. Well, you say, well, there's some old grouches out there. They might hurt my feelings. Listen, the old grouches now have those ring doorbells. You know what I'm talking about? If they don't want to talk to you, they know you're standing out there. They see who you are. They don't even come to the door anymore. The old grouches stay inside, go ring another one. You don't have to worry about it. We're not asking you to do anything too hard. Just every one of us, we meet at the building, we go out to our assigned areas, we start knocking those doors. We're going to come back, and we're going to have a meal together, do some reporting, collecting the data, then we're going to go out again in the afternoon. You say, it's 95. It's going to be October the 5th. Beverly's going to be wearing her coat. She starts the. She'd have started by now if the weather had just cooperated with her. It's going to be cool. Folks, when are we going to start? Are you tired of this drought? And I'm not talking about the. Are you tired of this drought of souls? Are you tired? It's too easy. To grow the church. It's too easy. The Lord is with us. Isn't he? It's too easy to grow the church. The only thing easier is for you to make an excuse of why you're not going to do this. Now I'm going to be talking more to you about this. But October the 5th, cancel your cruise. October the 5th, cancel your vacation. October the 5th, cancel your Cancel your family reunion. October the 5th. I'm going to step out for the first time. I'm going to step out on faith. Lord, you told me you'd be with me. I'm going to step out. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to step out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go because that's your will for my life. I'm going to go because my brothers and sisters in Christ who had it a whole lot worse than me in times past, that's exactly what they did. October the 5th. You got it? Put it in those vices, Devices, I mean. Put it in those phones. Mark that date, October the 5th. We're going to be going out, okay? And every one of us, every one of us from the oldest To the youngest. Why, Deacon could knock on a door and tell them what's in every chapter of the book of Acts, couldn't he? We can all do it. We can all do it. I'm counting on you, but even more than that, my Lord's counting on you. It'll be a great thing. It'll be a great thing. October the 5th. I want you to be praying about this. I want you to be planning for this. I want you to be working toward this. It won't be hard. It'll just be a first step. You've got to take that first step. We'll make it easy. We'll make it easy. But you've got to take that first step. Wise man told me one time, every journey, no matter how far, begins with the first step you got to take the first. And you know which one's the hardest, too? The first step. The first step. So I'm counting on you, okay? Please be praying about it. Please be thinking about it. Hey, they went and made Christians. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. We'd just be delighted if you'd become a follower of Jesus Christ right along with us. Come because you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come to Christ. You'll want to let it be known. I believe. I believe He's the Christ. I believe He's the Son of the living God. You'll want it to be known. We'll baptize you into Jesus Christ this morning. You go home a child of God. A follower of His. We'll help you become a Christian today. Maybe you're here as our brother and sister in Christ. And you have needs that we, if we knew about them, could help you with. We'll use this as an opportunity to help you as well. But if you'll just make your way to the front, do that now as Bob leads us. You stand and sing.
1: Why do you wait, dear brother? Oh, why do you carry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a place in his sanctified home. Why not, why not, why not come to him now? Why not, why not, why not not come to him now? Why do you wait, dear brother, the harvest? away, your Savior is longing to bless you, there's danger in death and delay. it been a great morning a few announcements here we're going to start with a couple that are not in the bulletin Dan you're on bud